Hello and welcome to Living with Lupus. On today's podcast, I'm going to go over about how in the past I may have downplayed my own pain um, for the benefit of others. Um, To be honest, I feel many of us do this on a regular basis whether or not you do have an autoimmune disease. Um, So, again, thank you for joining. Let's get into it. So, in my last podcast, Ageism and Invisible Illnesses, I mentioned about being ageist towards yourself and specifically gave an example to where I was ageist towards myself Um, to the point where I label myself as lazy when in actuality I was feeling fatigued. Um, Some would call denial, um, but really um, I just felt like as a kid I should have had way more energy and because I didn't have that energy I labeled myself as lazy. Um, It was also easier for other people to label me as lazy um, in those moments, but For this podcast, I wanted to dive deeper into the moments of when I have downplayed my pain and why I chose to stop doing that um, now. I think it's important to mention before I dive into um, two research studies that I'm going to use to help um, elaborate more on how lupus warriors tend to downplay their pain. Um, I think it's important to mention that there is a huge lack of research being done for the lupus community as a whole. Um, Autoimmune diseases do get some recognition, but lupus as an autoimmune disease does not get that much um, recognition. Uh, There's not a lot of data out there or even research, um, support groups, resources in general for lupus warriors. So before I dive into these two um, research articles, uh, I thought it was important to mention that because of the lack of representation that we're getting here, it's important to note, right, that a lot of us have a voice but are choosing not to share it um, because this experience is very unique. It is hard to generalize lupus, um, but when it comes to our pain, we all have some understanding for each other. So I'm not sure if any of you in the audience um, have ever heard of the term gaslighting. Um, If you have, then you know what it is. You know where it can be applied. If you haven't, it's pretty much um, a manipulation technique uh, that causes someone to question or doubt their sanity or experience. So the reason I bring up gaslighting, um, and it's normally used in reference to people who are in a relationship with each other where one partner will gaslight the other partner into um, doubting themselves. Um, But here, 
I'm mentioning it in terms of medical gaslighting um, and even self-gaslighting. I'm bringing it up because it happens a lot for lupus patients. Um, I was reading an article written by another lupus warrior, um, and she had mentioned being consistently medically gaslit. And I hadn't even realized myself how often that happened to me after reading her article and pretty much connecting the dots. So I wanted to pretty much share this experience or share the term medical gaslight um, or gaslighting to any other lupus warrior out there so that um, we all can kind of come together and be supporters for each other. So medical gaslighting is pretty much the same as gaslighting, but it is more related to um, your healthcare team and or patient who dismisses or belittles the system, um, symptoms, sorry, which could lead to patient doubt. So this just means that if we're looking in, in the perspective of the healthcare team, like your doctors, your nurses, um, your physicians, your specialists, um, surgeons, I mean, anyone who is involved in your care, if at any point they dismiss or belittle the symptoms that you are sharing with them, that is being medically gaslit. So sometimes um, they, might, they might say, um, the pain you're experiencing is very normal for a lupus patient. Or if you're dying to have some test ran on you and they're like, well, it's actually unnecessary to run those tests right? They're belittling your need for those tests or having them mention, um, like this has happened to me before where I had mentioned pain in my wrists and my fingers, my joints, specifically in my hands. And when the doctor, when my rheumatologist had asked like, oh, like, how's everything going? You know, kind of like, the initial check-in, um, I had mentioned, like, I'm definitely experiencing a flare um, because I am um, pretty swole in my hands. Like, I definitely have some inflammation there. And his immediate response, well, um, immediate response was, who is the doctor here? Versus, let me check your pain or your area of concern, right? Um, so that for me, I didn't even realize how it's true that he definitely belittled the pain that I was experiencing by saying that he was in charge, right? Um, sometimes doctors might even say the pain that you're experiencing is in your head because according to your stats, you're fine. Um, this happened being, or being medically gaslit happened a lot while I was at UCLA. Um, if you haven't heard my UCLA podcast, um, I go deep into pretty much my kidney failure diagnosis. Um, but while I was there, a lot of the times the doctors were very quick to tell me that I wasn't experiencing pain. Um, 
or and not even just that I wasn't experiencing pain, but normalizing the pain that I was experiencing, right? Um, and going as far as saying that when I was requesting certain specialists to come see me for my care, for example, like a cardiologist, their immediate response was um, me not needing a cardiologist because it would be too many, too many doctors involved in my care. However, when I was discharged, their first response was, you need to see a cardiologist. Um, and even my cardiologist that I saw upon my discharge was surprised that, um, or even shocked, to say the least, that I wasn't seeing a cardiologist while I was in the hospital because of how high my blood pressure was. So um, if I would have stood my ground in that sense, I could have overcame that gaslighting situation but so much was going on and there's only so much energy you can put into something um but i just wanted to give you guys some examples on being medically gaslit because it happens a lot to patients suffering from autoimmune diseases because of the fact that our pain isn't like physically recognizable right um and even when you do experience pain, it's hard to um, like describe the pain you're feeling, especially when the rheumatologists are like, oh, like, what type of pain is it? And it's like, how do I even explain the, the discomfort that I'm feeling, right? The, the agony in my joints or in my ankles, um, my knees, my hips, like for me, it's very lower extremity pain, um, but it's very hard to explain what it is. Um, so another term that I want to kind of explain before I jump into these two studies is self-gaslighting. So sometimes gaslighting can happen from someone you trust, like a family member, a friend, a spouse, a partner, um, whoever it may be, it could be medically, you could be medically gaslit by your healthcare team, um, or you can self gaslight, which means that you disregard your own feelings or invalidate what's going on within yourself. At the end of the day, all gaslighting, um, is negative, right? But for lupus patients in general, to self-gaslight is of is far more common than we acknowledge. Um, so let me jump into the first study that reviews a survey of 233 patients um, regarding the impact of patient-physician interactions. So within the first research study um, written by Sloan and colleagues, it's actually titled, Is It Me? The Impact of Patient-Physician Interactions on Lupus Patients, Psychological Well-Being, Cognition, and Healthcare-Seeking Behavior. In this study, um, which was actually a survey of at least 233 lupus patients, um, they pretty much concluded three main things. I mean, 
they concluded a lot more, but I feel like the three most important things that I'm going to mention in this podcast or that at least ties into what we're talking about um, are as follows. The first one is that autoimmune diseases create uncertainty in everyone involved. So this could be the physicians, uh, physicians to patients, patients to physicians, uh, family to patient, patient to family, right? There's uncertainty everywhere. Um, And I'll get into why that is in a second or why they think that is. Um, Another conclusion that they came to was um, there is more trust in the patient and physician relationship when the care is patient-centered, meaning um, physicians will tend to have more active listening, right? They care what the patient has to say, what the patient has to offer. Um, Also, they express more empathy, not sympathy for the patient, right? They're not feeling bad for the patient, but they're expressing that it is difficult, right? They're acknowledging the stuff that they're, or the pain that they're experiencing, right? Expressing that empathy creates more trust between um, all parties involved. Um, and last but not least, lupus could be associated with a higher risk of mental health system. Oh, symptoms. Sorry. Um, this could range from depression to neuropsychiatric manifestations. So, um, the reason I bring this up or these three main conclusions is because when we tend to downplay our pain uh, or downplay the lupus symptoms that you are experiencing, we tend to not only create distrust between you and maybe your support system around you, right? Whereas your family's like, are you doing good? How are you doing? And you're like, yeah, I'm fine when whole time you're in pain right? Um, They'll never be able to know how to support you if you can't be honest about your pain. Um, In addition, when you tend to downplay your pain to your physician, how are they supposed to help you? This is something I used to do um, as a young lupus patient because I did not want to be on prednisone. Um, and I was always told, like, if you're in pain, unfortunately, you're going to have to be on prednisone. Every rheumatologist that I had growing up never planned to take me off prednisone, um, which had me kind of uneasy with the care that I was receiving. I didn't like the medicines I was taking. Um, so I downplayed the pain that I was feeling to get off of those medications. Right. Um, And then because of how much we hold in as lupus warriors, uh, whether it's the pain we're experiencing, um, the emotion that comes from that pain, the feelings of, you know, fighting this battle alone, not having anyone to lean on, the resources aren't there for us. It's no wonder that this study found that lupus is associated with a higher risk of mental health um, symptoms. 
they also found six six common themes within the answers of the 233 patients, which honestly isn't that much, right? That's not a lot of patients volunteering to um, answer this survey. However, like I mentioned earlier, there's just not a lot of research already being done on lupus patients because of the fact that so many of us tend to stay quiet, tend to keep our story to ourselves rather than share what we're experiencing because of what we've gone through during this journey, right? So the six themes that they found during the survey um, or during this study was one, when you are being diagnosed with lupus, that journey in itself can cause a domino effect in how you approach your care in the future. So if you went to the doctors for years and years, let's just say, for example, and they were always like, no, you have nothing wrong with you. And you were just always feeling like, yes, there was something wrong with you. That impacts the trust you have moving forward with your physicians, right? Because you have been telling them how you felt and they just gaslit you or did not believe um, the pain that you had been experiencing. Um, So there's a lot of lupus patients that experience a horrible diagnostic journey, um, constantly being gaslit or being told that their, you know, their labs look fine, that everything's okay with them. But at the end of the day, you know your body, right? So advocate, advocate, advocate. Speak up when you feel something's not right. Um, Number two, they found that um, there's a, a huge influence of physicians on patients' trust. So not always do you trust your your physician right away, right? But when you do trust your physician, the care is way better, right? You're not only there understanding your care, but you're also following the plan a lot smoother because you understand the care, right? Because you trust your physician, right? In the past, I didn't trust my doctors, so it made me hesitant to follow their care. Whereas now, although I still question it, right, when I don't feel right or when something seems off, um, when I feel like I shouldn't be taking a certain medication, like I still question it, but my trust is there just a little bit more. Um, and that can truly impact your uh, your care. Number three, they found that there are disparities in patient physician priority meaning patients will prioritize different things than the the physician is prioritizing. Um, For example, I prioritized getting off of prednisone, whereas my physicians prioritized lack of pain. However, it felt like for me that I was never not going to be in pain. So that to me was kind of like an impossible goal. Like I'm never going to be painless. So just get me off of the steroid and something to kind of balance out the pain? I don't know. But if our priorities were aligned, then the care would have gone a lot smoother, right? There's disparities in that priority list. Um, And sometimes it's mental health, right? Patient is prioritizing mental health where the physician is prioritizing physical health. And there's that disparity there too. Um, Number four, uh, sometimes 
There's insecurity and distrust in physicians from the um, response to the symptoms that the patient is experiencing. So let's just say the this is when the physician does not believe the patient. If you're like, I have full body pain and the rheumatologist comes and addresses each joint around and they're like, well, I don't feel any inflammation. So you probably don't have inflammation. That's something that actually happened to me where I, um, and I, I mentioned it earlier in being medically gaslit, right? Where I went to my doctors and was like, you know, my hands have just been really hurting. Um, I'm pretty sure that I'm experiencing inflammation in my knuckles and my wrists. And first the doctor was like, well, who's the doctor here? But second, he are, he stopped kind of believing where my pain was because he couldn't feel inflammation in my wrist. So yeah, uneasiness there, right? Distrust being built. Um, five and six come down from health, come down to healthcare seeking behavior. So this is when, for example, patients will underreport their pain. And number six is the empowerment that the patient feels from the physician. So this could come from making shared decisions on your care. Like, do you agree that this is the best medication for you? Like, here are the X options, but the reason I'm choosing this one is because of X, Y, and Z. And then give the patient some time to decide whether or not that is the right medication right? That's something I had to do in the hospital uh, multiple different times because I did not trust the care that I was giving, uh, getting. Um, after a while, it, it was that I had to empower my voice, right? I had to do my research and say, no, actually, I don't want to take that medication because I read that that medication could affect my blood pressure and my blood pressure is already very high, right? Something that they're trying to put me on right now, it's called epogen, which most dialysis patients are on anyways, um, to help increase their uh, blood, their blood count levels, their red blood cell, their red blood count levels. Um, however, epogen and Mercera, which are two of the same medications, are pretty much sister medications. They do the same thing, but different brand pretty much. Um, they should not be used on patients who have uncontrolled blood pressure. That's like the biggest warning on the label. And I have uncontrolled blood pressure. So it made me uneasy, right? Insecure when the doctors were trying to prescribe that to me, knowing that I had uncontrolled blood pressure. Um, so I'm not on Epogen or Mercera right now because of that, because I was like, look, I don't feel comfortable. And my doctors were like, okay, you don't really need to take it right now. It's just something we'd want you to consider, right? So that shared decision truly makes the care go a lot smoother. Um, but moving forward to the second research article or survey that was conducted by the Human Genome Sciences and GlaxoSmithKline, um, department or community um, highlights pretty much what the other survey highlighted, but focused more on the communication gap between 
lupus patients and their supporters. So supporters could be your doctors, your friends, your family, your nurses, right? Um, Whoever you consider a support system. This study had way more um, participants. So in this in this study, there was 950 lupus patients completing the survey. Then there were an additional 250 rheumatologists completing the surveys. And on top of that, they also got 204 supporters. So family and friends of individuals who are suffering from lupus. Uh, they found, and just quick spark notes on this, um, 87% of lupus patients downplay their symptoms to protect their family and friends, to protect their supporters. Um, I can definitely say this is something I've done more in the sense of my family, not really my friends um, or to protect them, but it was more for my family to know that like I'm okay right? That I, I will survive this. Um, so on days that I did feel like I wasn't going to be able to do it, I would just pretend like I could, uh, fake it till you make it type of thing. But I'm choosing not to do that anymore because of how it affected me mentally, um, in the long run right? Gaslighting myself into thinking that I wasn't feeling anything um, had its negative impacts as well. Um, 52% moving forward, 52% um, of lupus warriors tend to minimize symptoms to physicians. This is something that I didn't realize I was doing. And also it was mentioned in the other article that um, there's a huge amount of lupus patients who tend to minimize their symptoms, but are unaware that they're minimizing their symptoms. Um, so I feel like that's how I was. Like I wasn't aware how often I was minimizing my symptoms um, to my doctors. 72% of physicians weren't aware of patient pain. So that's a high number, right, of rheumatologists saying that they weren't sure, they were just unaware that their patients were even experiencing pain. And for who knows what reasons. Could be because they were minimizing the symptoms, could be because they didn't even know how to explain their symptoms. Because moving forward, there's at least 50% of patients in the survey that said they didn't know how to explain what they were going through. I feel like that's definitely the consensus for me, especially when the rheumatologist is like, well, what does your pain feel like? And it's just like my my body feels stuck. It feels like I'm the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz who needs oil in, their, in its joints to get moving. But it's like, how do you explain that? How do you understand what that feels like? You know, like you don't know until you've been through it, right? So that's the best explanation I could give. But how medically correct is that, right? How does that help my physician? Um, last data point that I feel like is important here is the fact that 75% of patients felt their family 
overestimated their capabilities, right? And I'm going to end it here. Um, I feel like because of how often I underplayed my pain in the past, it not only affected me mentally, but it affected my family into thinking that my illness wasn't as or isn't as bad or severe as it is, right? Um, my siblings, I never let them know how bad my illness is, right? I'm always acting like I'm the oldest, right? So I've always acted like I got it under control. Um, but really, like, it really comes down to not letting go of the person you were before you were diagnosed. Like, I was a kid when I was diagnosed, but I also never grieved the old me. I never let that person go. I'm not the same person I was before I was diagnosed with lupus, and I'm not the same person that I was before I was diagnosed with kidney failure, right? Um, so that kind of leads me into my last segment for today's podcast, which is grieving the old you. So I'll make a whole other podcast on this uh, in the future because I think it is a very important topic. Um, most lupus patients are older when they're diagnosed. So in their 20s, in their 30s, there are more um, kids being diagnosed with lupus, eight years old, nine years old, younger, six years old. Um, I was 12. Um, so when you're that young, it's kind of hard to let go of the person you were before you were diagnosed, right? I was still a kid. I didn't really know who I was yet, but there were things that I felt like I could continue to do when in reality I couldn't. Um, not that I couldn't, I just had to limit how often I was doing it, right? Like if I wanted to climb trees, how often I was doing that. Um, so for those of you who were diagnosed older, now that I'm 25, um, I just experienced kidney failure. I'm on dialysis now. There's this aspect of having to let go of the old you, of the person you were before you were diagnosed with whatever diagnosis it was. Um, so just take a second and do that, right? Let that person go. Let Understand that it's okay to grieve the old you, right? To to go through that loss of who you were um, because you aren't the same. You are not the same person. You may have some similarities, but a lot of things have changed for you after your diagnosis. Whether or not you have accepted that yet, there are a lot of things that have changed for you. And the sooner you accept it, honestly, the better. Um, but I'm going to close this podcast out here and now, please reach out uh, to me on Instagram or Twitter at a kidney for Paulina. If you have any questions, comments, if you want something to add, if you want to be on the podcast, um, yeah, just reach out. Remember that it's the number four, not the word for um, at a kidney for Paulina. Um, until next time. Have a good rest of your day, wherever you are. I'm out.